and welcome to the Q York podcast, brought to you from our local church in the beautiful city of York in the UK. The message you're about to hear is from one of our services, which also feature great live music and relevant movie clips. These can all be found on our blog, so to make sure you're getting the full experience, feel free to head over to qyork.co.uk and select blog to find the relevant content. There's also a huge selection of talks and live music videos on our media page, as well as a donate button if you'd like to show your appreciation and enable us to keep producing free content like this. Finally, to stay up to date on new blogs and events at Q, you can sign up for emails by filling in your name and email address at the bottom of any page on the website. But right now, it's time for the message. Come on, people, gather round. Oh, yeah. Help me make a joyful sound. Mama, daddy, girls, and boys. Help me make a joyful noise. See it. Come on, give me a shout of victory. Overcomers and conquerors, we cast off the spirit of worry and careful. No loose us tonight, cause it's time to break out. Hallelujah! 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 I got the joy in me. Alright, whatever it is. Come on, come on. More? Interesting. I don't know what I was trying to be then, honestly. Did you enjoy that? Was that, was that joyful? No, well, I know. I was going to invite you up, you know. It's, it's a dual song, isn't it? So what if I got up and did that next week? You'd probably go, all right, oh, he's doing it again. Oh, that was good. Do it again. What if I did it the week after as well, the same? Yeah. You'd be like, okay, he's doing it again. What about the week after? Now, how many times are you going to have to see that before the joy doesn't work anymore? I don't know. That's just a question. Right. I'm going to try and get my uh, screen sorted out here. Where are we? Please work. Got my, got my stuff again. Is it going to be there? <sighs> I'm technical, yeah, yeah. I know. Well, hey. All right, there we go. I'm just going to zoom in a little bit. Right. Oh, another thing on joy. Well, I've just sang about joy there, because I think, like, what I'm talking about today, I suppose it's kind of like wonder and joy and... I don't know. <laughs> like, a, like Jenny said, and thanks for the intro, because it's just contributing to a conversation. Um, but I thought it was interesting, like, I was searching for joy on, on Google, and it gave me a graph of joy over the years. I thought, ah, that's interesting. Let's have a look at that. It's actually the use of joy in books. So how many times it's been mentioned? As you can see, I don't know if you can see the, d the date scales on there. I'll try and zoom in. But I was born about here, just right in the uh, dip of joy there. <laughs> Which I don't know what that says. But 
I don't know what, what was going on by the 80s that was just like, <laughs> no joy here. Um, but it does start to pick up again, and that's quite good, isn't it? But um, it's sort of, the graph actually ends at 2019, so who knows where it was going to go uh, after that. Or was it the Falklands War? That's when people stop writing about joy. Okay. I've got a quote here from a book that I've read, which I thought would be worth starting with. Uh, you don't have to agree with what I'm saying. Uh, that wouldn't be listening. Believe me, it really doesn't matter whether you agree with what I'm saying or you don't, because agreement and disagreement have to do with words and concepts and theories, and they don't have anything to do with truth. Uh, truth is never expressed in words. Debatable, maybe. <laughs> uh, truth is cited suddenly as a result of a certain attitude. So you could be disagreeing with me and still cite the truth. Um, but there has to be an attitude of openness. It's been said this morning, arms wide open. Uh, willingness to discover something new, and that's important. You're not agreeing with me or disagreeing with me. So that's from a book called Awareness by Anthony DeMello. I've quoted it before. So childlike wonder. For this, I was thinking a lot about The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, which many of us are familiar with here, having done like grottos and gotten involved with the story of that. Um, and for those who don't know about it, it's about four children who discover a door to a new world uh, through a wardrobe. The world's filled with wonder, mystery, danger, adventure, uh, talking animals, um, a she-beaver, <laughs> and a he-beaver. Okay, that's interesting. Uh, but they meet the divine, they have a transformative experience, and then after years they end up back home through the wardrobe, where no time has passed at all. The thing that's interesting about Narnia is it's all centered around children. It's children that discover the kingdom in the unexpected places. Jesus said, truly I tell you, unless you become like children, you will not enter the kingdom of heaven. Now if you remember last time I spoke, um, I said, that the kingdom of heaven was more about the here and the now rather than a destination, or not necessarily a destination, uh, after death. Uh, and all that Jesus is talking about is waking up to that reality. But children are capable, as we know, of endless wonder. And I see it with my own kids. Uh, and with that wonder comes joy. Um, I actually happen to think that joy is our default state, actually. And it's only like our accumulation accumulation of attachments and dependencies and beliefs that actually stand in the way of that. So I don't think it's a state you can achieve by trying. Uh, you can only choose what takes away that joy. And unfortunately, we, we are very good at choosing stuff that just, uh, yeah, just sort of kills off the joy. Um, but I think I could probably flesh that out more another time, actually. Um, so how many of you in here could relate to having some kind of divine, transformative experience as a child, maybe? I know, like, I talked to lots of people who've had things happen, like, when I was five, this happened, I had a touch from God, I felt the Holy Spirit, and you kind of just end up living there forever, actually. And that can be all right, that's okay, I'm not here to take anything like that away from you. But, uh, you know, I've just said it, haven't I? I've spoken to many people about the encounter. If, you know, they've had <laughs> it could be like hands laid on them, could be a jacket thrown at them, uh, as Benny Hinn does, if anyone's seen that. That's wild, by the way. He's going around like throwing his jacket at people and they're going, Aah! 
I've seen stuff like that, though. In fact, there's a picture there, isn't there? Can you see that one? That's down there, that. That was a normal Sunday morning for me. I don't know what that doll is. I don't know if that was involved as well, but... Do you know what I mean? And I was like, that's fine. That's what we do on Sundays. And again, I don't say that to take away any experiences from anyone, because... I've, I've done that myself. I've done the falling over. Um, now, let me just track where I was. Yeah, some might have had that experience as well by just reading the Bible as well. Just something happens, something clicks, so you have a, some, something that you would describe as a touch from the Holy Spirit. Um, so I can't say what that means to you. I'm not looking to take anything away. But for me, as wonderful as I might have felt, it probably helped entrench a belief system that I already had because of the circumstance of those spiritual experiences. So I can tell you, like, I've always been a bit of a skeptic. Even as a child, like, I would always kind of shy away from getting involved with these kind of weird spiritual things that were going on. Like, we'd often have people lined up and you'd touch them and they'd fall over. You've probably seen it on TV if you haven't seen it in real life. Uh, But there were many other things as well. Like, we used to sing a song called, I walk by faith and all the children used to run up and down the aisles and I used to hide under the pew. I'm not a conformist, right? I just, it's not in me. Um, but I, one week I was like, right, I'm going, I'm going to go up for prayer and I'm not going to fall over. I'm going to stand up. I'm not, it's, watch this, watch this. I was saying to myself. Anyway, I did. I fell, whatever, whatever that is. I don't understand. It might have been just the, you know, the heightened emotions of the situation. But anyway, I felt something and I still remember how I felt. You know, time stood still. I felt light as a feather. I felt wonderful. I was like seven years old. And I still remember it. Now, I don't know what I necessarily think of that anymore. But anyway, back to Narnia. <laughs> the children want to go back to Narnia. But the professor who owns the house that they're staying in says something very interesting. I wish somebody would have told me as a child, after my experience, what he tells them. Uh, somehow I missed it in the book as well, I think. Or it was kind of there. It came to me this week as I was thinking. But here's what he said. I'm just going to read the highlighted bits just for time. You won't get into Narnia again by that route. Yes, of course, you'll get back into Narnia again someday, but don't go trying to use the same route twice. Indeed, don't try to get there at all. It'll happen when you're not looking for it. Oh, you'll know all right. Keep your eyes open. So that... I mean, he talks a little bit about keeping it a secret, you know, don't tell other people. And to some extent, I kind of agree with that because you can't... You, you don't want to, in fact, I've written down here before I try and freestyle it, because I don't want to miss any of my points. Yeah, so he said, keep it to yourself. It was an experience uh, for you not to convince others of Narnia or give them an expectation of having the same experience that you had. And of course, when I'm talking about Narnia, you understand what I'm talking about, don't you? Like these experiences of the, the divine, these thin places that we've talked about here before. Uh, Another very wise man actually said, oh, he said, don't try to get there as well. Another wise man uh, said, said this this week. Most of us don't get into the zone because we are trying to get into the zone. And in trying to get into the zone, our focus is not on being in the zone. And that means you don't get into the zone. Joel Chapman, WhatsApp. (laughs) The book of WhatsApp. So, you don't, get in, you don't get back in through that door. Once things become familiar, our wonder decreases. We start to get a belief 
and knowledge about how things work. We no longer see the magic in a blooming flower. We see biology. We end up no longer allowing for possibilities outside how we think reality works. So I've got this little clip here that I think I wasn't sure if I was going to show it. Because every time I watch it, it, I don't hear what he's saying. But I, but I put it in there because it, something resonated the first time. But I think it's more to, do with, more to do with outgrowing an experience that you've had. He's actually talking about meditation practices. And he's like, I found this one that's really good. And, you know, but don't get stuck doing this because it just leads you somewhere else. But just listen to what he says. Because There's no the subtitles, There's no subtitles but I have written underneath what he says. Because the reality is that you won't be the same person throughout your whole life. We're continually evolving and growing. We only struggle when we stay stagnant in a current identity or a current situation. Okay, so every, lim every belief that you hold to be true right now will eventually become a limiting belief when you want to grow and take it to the next level. So the most important thing that we need to know how to do is to be awareness. Stay as formless awareness, the I am, beyond the I am this or I am that. Because the reality is that you won't be... Sorry, it just repeats over and over again. But, and that's an example of just like, you, I end up on these YouTube videos. I'm not looking for them, but I'll just like, oh, I'll have a go on that one. I'll have a go on that. And it, the video is about something else completely. But sometimes just something will just stand out to you. And that just helped crystallize something that I had been wrestling with and trying to think about. And it's like, he actually framed it really well. So I thought, I'll just let him say it instead of me. Now, if the kingdom of heaven is here and now, we need to find ourselves some childlike wonder. Imagine what we're missing. I sense that there's an eternal creative force always speaking to those who will listen. I call it God. I also think that creativity is rooted in joy and wonder and even love. But creativity isn't about just being a good painter, which a lot of people think it is. I've got another quote here from a man with a good beard who we'll see more from later. Creativity doesn't exclusively relate to making art. We all engage in this act on a daily basis. To create is to bring something into existence that wasn't there before. It could be a conversation, a solution to a problem, a note to a friend, the rearrangement of furniture in a room, a new route home to avoid traffic. What, what you make doesn't have to be witnessed, recorded, sold, or encased in glass for it to be a work of art. Though the ordinary state of being, uh, through the ordinary state of being, we're already creators in the most profound ways, creating our experience of reality and composing the world we perceive. To live as an artist is a way of being in the world, a way of perceiving, a practice of paying attention, refining our sensitivity to the more subtle notes. You exist as a creative being in a creative universe. That's Rick Rubin. It's a very good book, that. I recommend you reading that. He's got a really good way of just almost... Well, he's, he's a creativity guru, but it's all about life to me. It all just relates completely with spirituality. Um, yeah, so I've got a video of him now with a beard. We're going to hear a little bit from him. Um, I'm hoping that the sound will be okay. Um, and also that I'll try and put the subtitles on for you just so you can read it. Um, but it's from five minutes. I'm just going to skip it on. We're doing it a little bit makeshift today. No editing going on. There, we'll start it about there and just see if you can hear what he's saying. I'll maybe try and put the subtitles on. People, people will, will resonate with it if they're supposed to resonate with it. It's, it we really are talking like, about magic. We're talking about 
conspi- like the universe conspiring on our behalf if we let it. Mm. And to be in this flow of catching these waves that anyone can catch if you're trying to catch it, you're open to it, you see it coming, you, you, you take off on every chance you get, and sometimes the ride happens, and it's remarkable. It's remarkable how it happens. And it doesn't come from, it's not preconceived, it's not an idea, it's, it's through the doing these uh, these things that want to be that the universe wants to happen now comes through us, and if it if we don't do it, maybe someone else will do it. Have you ever had that experience where you have an idea for something and you don't do it, and then six months later you see that someone else has done it? Mm. It's not because they took your idea; it's that it's time for that, mm. and you can act on it or not. And if you see, and the the artists, the best artists are the ones who have the best antenna for this material that's available, it's coming through. The best comedians see the best jokes. They see them coming. We all live in the same world. The way you see it, you have the best joke because you see it best. And one of the reasons you can, I, I believe that you can see it best is because you don't believe what the structure around you assumes to be the case. So much of it has to do with humor. Like, um, when it's good, it makes you laugh, even if it's not funny. Mm. You know, like the, 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 um, the surprise nature of things. When you, when you hear the unexpected, you laugh. Mm. And it feels good. It's a good feeling. Because what collaborating is about is we're always collaborating at all times with the universe. That's, that's how, how it works. Like we're taking in information, we're vibing on it. In the past, when someone would recommend something to me, it sounded like it wasn't for me. It's like, oh, okay. Now, if more than one person recommends something to me that sounds bad, I always check it out because it's like the universe wants me to know about this. The way it tells me is a couple of people came up and said, why don't you check this out? That's, if we listen to what's going on around us, you can overhear a conversation in a coffee shop and it is the setup for an idea that you're talking about, the right way to say a particular joke that you're working on. You hear a phrase. It's not a phrase you commonly use. You hear someone else say it. My experience is when you are open and looking for these clues in the world, they're happening all the time, and they're happening often right when you need them. All right. Thank you, Rick, again. Um, I would highly recommend just watching all his stuff. Actually, that video is three hours long, and he is talking to a comedian now. That's why he ends up using the sort of comedy um, angles. Um, but yeah, he says, the clues are happening all the time, often right when you need them. Um, I mean, that video does raise some questions sometimes about things like if the universe is conspiring, does that suggest that there's some kind of predetermined destiny or something like that going on? Can't go there now, haven't got time, <laughs> maybe another week. Um, but Jenny said to me many times uh, with regard to preparing for a talk, either you'll find the message or the message will find you. So this week, I thought, I'm going to let it find me. 
I'll open my eyes, I'll listen, be aware. And I started with the blank page before me, opened up the dirty window, let the sun illuminate the words that I could not find. At least I had a song. <laughs> Which turned out quite good, didn't it? Because something happened there, didn't it? Right, I was doing my daily walk, which is where I have many of my aha, shower thoughts. People have these thoughts in the shower, don't they? I don't. I'll tell you why later. <laughs> uh, and the word synchronicity kept coming to me. Uh, I'm aware of it as a concept, but I've not really read too much into it before. So, I'll try and explain it a little bit. Is it on the back of that one? Or this one? There. Yeah. So synchronicity refers to the sensation that coincidences are more than just chance. Uh, Carl Jung defined it as uh, a causal connecting principle. That's a bit weird language, but it goes on to explain. A meaningful, a meaningful coincidence of two or more events that appear to be unrelated but are experienced together. It means that the events do not have a cause and effect relationship. Uh, basically, they're just purely random, and you can't see how the two events are related, but they do something to you. They have a greater significance or meaning. An example of that would be, in this, in this example, I think the examples are quite good, and there's some quite other good ones. By the way, all this material will be available for you to read on the blog. Um, it's that, that idea of thinking about someone that you haven't seen for years, and then suddenly you start thinking about them, and then out of the blue, they'll call you or send you a message. Um, seeing repeating numbers, now this one's a bit of an iffy one. Um, seeing the same numbers over and over again. Like I used to know a guy that would be like, oh, it's 11-11 again, <laughs> looking at the clock. <laughs> Every time I looked at the clock, it was 11-11. And it's like, you can derive meanings from that, and I'm not even going to start going into numerology and things like that. But there are these patterns to numbers and things that people believe. Uh, anyway, it's, the point is that there's coincidences, and they can speak to us, and they can do something to us. Um, I mean, uh, let me just see where I was. I must have, I must have removed that part. <laughs> uh, what I was going to say was that it, it's often, it's an iffy subject because it's often, uh, it plays on the delusional a little bit. And you have to be very careful sometimes, I think. Um, but just take what you get and see, see where it goes. But don't, I think, don't obsess about it. Don't try. It's, yeah, weigh it up. Weigh it up. Um, because I know that people who are on the verge of like quite severe mental illness see coincidences everywhere. And I've seen that <laughs> in my everyday life. It's quite, quite fascinating. Okay. So, on synchronicity, I've got some examples of it in my life. Now, I'll try to go over this quickly because it's quite a long story. But basically, years ago, probably about 10, 12 years ago, I was sitting in that pew there and I had this picture in my head and it was like, it was a, it was a Wednesday night meeting, I don't know, someone was maybe talking. I saw an upside down tree, a tree that was all like dry and ugly and the roots were hanging up in the air. I was like, what the, what was that? Anyway, that, that image stayed with me for weeks and weeks and years, really. And eventually I, I started to Google what that was. I searched for upside down tree. Uh, and it came back with something called the baobab tree. I was like, oh, that's interesting. And the more I read about the baobab tree, it was absolutely fascinating. Just like the, uh, I can't go into it all now. I'll probably do another, 
I could do another week on the Baobab. <laughs> um, but the point is, this is what the, the universe, God, whatever it was, I mean, back in those days, I would say it was a word from God. Uh, and I would still say that, actually. I think I've gone full circle on <laughs> calling things what they are. Um, but it just feel, you feel a bit uncomfortable sa- saying that. But I've started to feel uncomfortable about saying the universe told me this or the universe is giving me that. So I don't know. It's whatever, however you want to frame it. Anyway, um, uh, Anthony's Facebook, he shared this picture. Uh, this is years later after I'd sort of mentioned that there's a, something about the Baobab and it had some significance and they read into it. Um, and I was like, that, that's the Baobab in the background. That's amazing. Um, so I messaged them and said, oh, I saw your picture. It's a Baobab. And then, oh, yeah, we thought of you. And then the next week, my friend comes around, and I'm helping him digitize all his DVDs. I'm helping him transfer his DVDs onto a hard drive so he's got them digitally. The first DVD he gives me is this one, Baobab. And it had a, I wish I could have played the intro, actually. If, if I do a week on Baobabs, I'll play that intro. It's very funny. Um, so it's a whole documentary about the Baobab and the magic of it and the lore of it. And it's very interesting. Um, and then a couple of days later, at work, I'm sitting, having my lunch. I'm looking at my desk. I sat on another desk away from me. Uh, but I could see my screen. And I have a screensaver that will show you the most searched things in the last 24 hours on Google. I look up from my sandwich, what do I see? Baobab on the screen, like that. Like, why is that trending? <laughs> you know, you can read into these things, fair enough. You can just be like, yeah, all right, it's just a coincidence, that's fine. I could have taken it that way, but it just had really got a hold of me. And so I'm, telling, uh, I'm talking to Chris and Anth, uh, you know, as spiritual leaders, with stuff like that, you just go sh- straight to them. Oh, that was my, uh, the way that I would deal with it. Um, so the point of that is, I mean, the reason it was trending is because I, I looked into it. I've got another graph for you. There's the spike in searches for Baobab. It's at 8.45 p.m. on a Tuesday night or whatever it is. And it was because there was a documentary on the TV all about the Baobab tree. So there was something about Baobabs going around. Probably a couple of weeks after that, we're watching CBeebies with the kids. Where do they go? Madagascar. The go-jetters go to Madagascar. <laughs> to this place where there's all the baobab trees. Like, what is going on? Now, where that ended up, uh, if nothing else, we've got a lovely mural painted by Claire on that wall with some wisdom on it. Uh, take time to have a look at it. Um, it's, oh, wow, is it quarter to 11? Right. <laughs> I'm not even halfway through. Right, well, that's, I'll probably, like, short on the synchronicity bit, but the point is, like, when the universe, God is speaking, like it just grabs you and it's just, it's everywhere. And it's a little bit frightening, a little bit freaky, uh, but don't be freaked out by it, about it. Just weigh it up, take it in, see what it's got. I will actually give you, I will actually show this other slight bit of synchronicity. Um, a, a part of Twin Peaks came to my head. Twin Peaks is one of my favorite um, series of all time. It's fascinating, it's a bit dark, it's a bit weird. Uh, just how I like it. Um, but there's this quote that's in it, it said, um, I'll just play it for you. I wanted to start with this, actually. I have no idea where this will lead us, but I have a definite feeling it will be a place both wonderful and strange. 
<laughs> just like the melodramatic way that he says these things. <laughs> the whole series is like that. It's funny. Um, but anyway, what I, what I found is this system that I'm using here is uh, something that we have at work. And I realized that my boss had written a whole thing under this when I searched for it in the system because I knew it was in there somewhere. And I'd never read this before. But just check this out. It says, many creative guru, gurus advise you to uh, approach things with a childlike sense of wonder, with eyes wide open, instead of worrying away at them with a furrowed brow. Uh, and, trust, uh, and to trust your instinct and intuition instead of relying on intellectual analysis. Your intuition taps into a lifetime of experience, insights buried deep in your subconscious. Uh, this scene also illustrates the many discoveries that are accidental. There's a character called Andy in it. He often happens across uh, important clues and discoveries when he's not even looking for them. So, as Cooper says in the scene, coincidence and fate figure largely in our lives. Now, fate, hmm, okay, whatever. Uh, that will, we'll, we'll talk about that again when we talk about uh, determinism. Um, I just thought that was really encouraging to, to read that because it's exactly all the stuff that I've been talking about this morning because it just came up. Um, now, where do I go next? I'm nearly there, I think, actually. I'm not rushing. <laughs> I'm just trying to chill. Yeah, so I could probably talk all morning about coincidences, and maybe you think about some of the ones that have maybe happened in your life. I'm, I'd be surprised if some of you haven't experienced something like that, but if you, if you haven't, keep your eyes open, keep your ears open. Um, so this week I put some music on shuffle, and I'm not trying to read too much into that. Um, while I was working, uh, and a song called The Glass by Foo Fighters, which is one of my favorite bands of all time. I've kind of gone off on them in recent years, but they've got some new stuff that's really resonating with me. But this song hadn't really grabbed me before, uh, and I was about just about to skip it, and I thought, no, 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 there could be something here. Let's just listen to it. And it was, it was amazing, actually, the stuff that was in it, because I've been thinking about the death of God after Rob's talk last week. Uh, and I was thinking about my own relationship with the divine and how it's gone from firm believer, bearded man in the sky at one point, to kind of a little bit agnostic, to almost atheist, beyond that to something much more expansive than it's possible to actually imagine. Um, so the song is it's full of grief, and it's about the death of the drummer in the band who you know, tragically died uh, suddenly last year. Um, but it took me back to a time of crisis or a storm in my life, actually, as I listened to it. Um, even though I'd intellectually understood our journey as a church uh, and the deconstruction of Christianity and who God is, um, it was only intellectually. And finally, I got to experience it. And it was very unpleasant. Uh, I was relying on old, entrenched beliefs uh, of God, which didn't seem to be helping the situation. I had my dark night of the soul... My own, my own, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me moment. Please just have a listen to this song for a few minutes and reflect what the words might mean to you on your journey. And I'll be back with the last bit. Now, I think there's probably too many ways to interpret those different lyrics, um, which is why I left it open to you, actually. I didn't want to go into too much of like different potential meanings, but um, just the idea that there is... Or in that moment, I've found that there's now something that's between, you know, the, the divide became evident. <laughs> uh, and even though it's, it's like glass, you can see through it. Um, 
yeah, there's, there's something to the words being able to see through something as well. There's lots of different meanings you can derive from those lyrics, and I think it's written in that way on purpose. Anyway, um, doors. Ah, one final, final moment of uh, synchronicity that I'll share from this week. Uh, as I've been going on my daily walk, I kept noticing doors on grass verges. People are throwing away their old doors. It wasn't until about the third or fourth set of doors on the ground that I started to take notice. These are all in different random places as I'm walking around. I've walked for about four or five miles a day, and there's all these people throwing their old doors out. Interesting that I've been talking about doors to other worlds. Um, so people throw away doors. I get it. That's fine. It could be coincidence. But it did something in me. And it maybe wouldn't do the same for you. Um, I don't know why that's loading. It might, it might be finding meaning where there is none. I'm happy to hold my hand up and say that. But I just can't help the feeling of resonance that I get with things like that. I think this eternal creative force is revealing the Christ-soaked world that we've been talking about here. We've had some great messages on the Christ, uh, and I would advise, uh, well, maybe put a link to some of those to help with understanding of that, um, and how we often get stuck worshipping the door. Now, I understand that is a controversial thing to say. Uh, rather than going through it and experiencing the banquet of life, <laughs> Um, I think I'll, I'll leave it there for this week. Uh, I hope I haven't overfaced you. Um, there are a few more things I could have crammed in, but um, you, you'll see there's some more cards on there, but let's, let's leave them. That's for another week. Um, but I'd encourage you to just be aware this week. Um, if something grabs your attention, sit with it for a few minutes. Keep your eyes open. Keep your arms open. Be aware and keep awakening and participate in the eternal creation happening around us. Thank you. Thanks for listening to another Q York podcast. Now, if you've enjoyed what you've heard today, then we would love to hear from you. Feel free to drop us an email to info at qyork.co.uk and let us know who you are and where you're listening from. Don't forget there are blogs and all sorts of media to be enjoyed at qyork.co.uk, which are welcome to browse at your leisure. Until next time, enjoy the quest.